Chapter 7 of Jewish Fairy Tales and Legends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tally Haas. Jewish Fairy Tales and Legends by Gertrude Landa. Chapter 7 Abi Fresha's Feast. There was not in the whole city of Baghdad a greedier man than Abi Fresa. And you may be sure he was not popular. It was not that he was rich and refused to give heed to the needs of the poor. He was, in truth, a merchant in moderately affluent circumstances, and he did not withhold charity from the deserving. But he was a man of enormous appetite and did not scruple to descend to trickery to secure an invitation to a meal. So skillful, indeed, did he become in wielding these favors from his friends and from those to whom he traded, that he devoted the major portion of each day to feeding and left himself little time to attend to his business affairs moreover he grew unpleasantly fat his face was red and bloated with much wine drinking he was not a nice person to look upon at all and those who had aforetime been his friends came to the conclusion that the day had arrived when he should be taught a severe lesson and so it came to pass that when abi fressa was standing in the bazaar at the hour of the midday meal and eagerly scanning the crowd to discover some acquaintance whom he could induce to ask him to dinner he saw ben maslaya one of the wealthiest and most generous of men in baghdad ah my excellent friend abi cried warmly greeting ben maslaya tis almost an eternity since my unworthy eyes were cast upon thy pleasant countenance peace be on thee and thine unto the end of days also to thee returned ben maslaya and whence comest thou and whither goest thou o most hospitable friend abi fressa asked these questions hastily his beady eyes searching the other's face hungrily for a sign upon which he could seize to invite himself to a meal it is the hour of the midday meal goest thou perchance to thy pious home thither go i said ben maslaya my path lies in the same direction said abi fressa it will be pleasant to walk together come and he grasped ben maslaya by the arm it is kind of thee friend abi fressa rejoined the other but i have built me a new abode on the other side of the city abi fressa's face fell for a moment but he was clever enough to take advantage of the news a new dwelling erected by the wealthy ben maslaya he said winningly must be a building of magnificence worth seeing indeed it is as thou sayest cried the other enthusiastically and forthwith he launched into a lavish description of his residence abi fressa grew impatient when ben maslaya began to describe each room in detail his hunger increased when in glowing words his friend painted the gorgeous dining-room and his mouth watered at the information that the cellars were stocked with a thousand bottles of wine blessings on thee and thy wine-cellar and thy house murmured abi fressa when he could get in a word I have no business of consequence to transact this afternoon. I could not pay thee a better compliment than to spend it examining thy treasures. Of a certainty thou couldst not, ascended the other to his great glee. Then let us proceed, said Abi Fressa. So they set out, Ben Maslaya still continuing his glowing accounts of his wonderful house. It must be as spacious as a palace, put in Abi Fressa. Thou speakest truth, agreed Ben Maslaya i will illustrate to thee the vast expanse of my new residence he stopped in his walk 
measured one hundred paces in the street and intimated that this represented the width of the central courtyard abifressa was overwhelmed with surprise but he was growing momentarily hungrier and it was with difficulty he could restrain his impatience yes yes he said i would fain gaze upon the outer doors of thy dwelling such an outer door said ben maslaya hast thou never seen its width and again he began to measure the street to indicate its dimensions and further he added calmly either failing to notice or deliberately overlooking abifressa's growing distress its shape and designs are and he dragged the other through several streets until he found a door to which he could point as being not altogether unlike his own but i weary thee he said suddenly as if regretful of the time he had wasted nay nay not at all abifressa assured him although he was inwardly fuming at the delay thy descriptions delight me immeasurably thou hast not yet unfolded to me the wonders of thy dining-room thereupon ben maslaya took up the tale of the dining-room and its furniture and he dragged his companion half a mile out of their path to show him the furniture emporium where he had purchased the tables and couches then he retraced his steps to point out a building from which he had borrowed certain ideas of decoration abifressa's fat body was unused to such exertion he perspired freely his legs tottered beneath him and his tongue was parched he was really very uncomfortable and the pangs of hunger from which he suffered were not lessened when ben maslaya stopped outside a restaurant to speak to a friend who was just going in the conversation was prolonged and all the time abifressa's nose was tickled by the smell of the cooking he endured agonies especially when the friend invited ben maslaya to dine with him and ben maslaya after a moment's hesitation firmly declined i must apologize to thee for this delay said ben maslaya when at length he left his friend but the matter was urgent i will make up to thee by the magnificence of the feast abifressa thanked him cordially for his consideration but his pain was intense when ben maslaya insisted on giving him fullest particulars of all the dishes he would enjoy yes yes abi kept saying but ben maslaya stayed his interruptions thy dwelling is far from the centre of the city abifressa managed to say at last that is a virtue commented ben maslaya and he followed it up with the advice given to him by a renowned physician that a house was healthiest when it stood alone away from the busy haunts of men to all this and more abifressa was compelled to listen his whole fat body ached with weariness he was tortured by a raging thirst and he fancied he felt himself growing thinner so fearfully hungry was he the sun was sinking when at last they reached the house and abifressa was afraid for a moment that his host would enlarge upon his architecture to his relief however they entered straightway and ben maslaya said to him thou must be fatigued after thy walk rest awhile abifressa was truly grateful and taking off his shoes he stretched himself on a comfortable couch he dozed for a while but was awakened by the noise of clattering dishes and the smell of savoury cooking he almost forgot his unpleasant afternoon in the prospect of the coming feast but ben maslaya came not abifressa soon felt angry he could not restrain himself from banging a big brass gong to summon a servant but although he banged several times no servant answered the call abifressa nearly shed tears in despair suddenly ben maslaya appeared before him i thought i would give thee ample rest he said suavely 
Come, we must perform our ablutions. Abifressa would have preferred to have dispensed with this ceremony, but he could not offend his host by declining to conform to the custom of the period. Ben Maslaya led the way to the bath chamber, and there they spent quite an hour. Then, thoroughly refreshed, the host said, Now I will show thee the wonders and beauties of my domain. Abifressa was almost stupefied with hunger, but he had to permit himself to be led through each room and to hear again the praises that had already been poured into his ears all afternoon. Only the smell of the cooking fortified his spirit and enabled him to undergo the ordeal. He seemed to wake up from a stupor when his host opened a door and exclaimed, This is the feasting chamber. A scene of splendor burst upon the eyes of Abifressa. He rubbed his hands in glee and was ready to forget and forgive the discomforts of the past few hours. The dining room presented a magnificent appearance, with its gorgeous hangings, its many lamps, and its marble floor. But these things Abifressa scarcely noticed. His gaze was promptly directed on the table. It was spread with the most sumptuous repast that ever he had seen. There were dishes upon dishes of tasty sweetmeats, huge platters of luscious fruits, many bottles of wine, and covered bowls from which arose the most appetizing aroma. Abifressa's mouth began to twitch, and his eyes glowed. He moved forward to a seat. "'Good friend,' said his host, "'let me first introduce you to our notice of my staff of servants.' He clapped his hands, and immediately, in quite startling fashion, a dozen servants stepped from behind the hangings, which had hidden them, and bowed before their master. With a dozen attendants to wait upon him, Abifressa saw that he was going to enjoy a meal worthy of the occasion. He looked upon the slaves with satisfaction. Note, my worthy Abifressa, said Ben Maslai, that this is no ordinary retinue of servants. Each one comes from a different part of the known world. Roche, the big man there, head of them all, is the only native of Baghdad. He has an interesting history. He has been in my service since his birth. His father was likewise in the service of my sainted father, and his grandfather, but let that suffice. I would not imprison thy appetite longer. Sheni, that is, the second servant, the big black Nubian there, bring thither the first dish. Sheni took up one of the dishes from the table and placed himself by the side of his master. Stands he not well? asked Ben Maslaya in admiring tones. He is a descendant of kings. In ancient days his ancestors sat on a throne, and ruled over a huge territory beyond the deserts of Africa. I obtained him during my journeys in that country, and on that occasion I discovered this beautiful rug in a shop in Cairo. Saying which, Ben Maslaya rose from his seat and fingered lovingly one of the hangings of the room. Abifressa did not rise. He was trying to keep his temper. The dish which Sheni held so tantalizingly under his very nose made him mad with hunger and desire. But Ben Maslaya took no heed. He began to delight upon the virtues of another piece of tapestry. This, he said, I bought in the famous bazaar of Damascus. It is hundreds of years old. And in that city, too, I became possessed of my third servant, Shilishi, there, a true born of the Holy Land and the keeper of my camels. Our meeting was an adventure. Abifressa was not listening. This was beyond endurance. He felt that he soon would collapse in a faint on the floor, and still Ben Maslaya droned on. 
there was a servant from china and also a cunningly wrought vase from that land a brown page boy in a red turban from india from which land his host had also brought the lamp standing in the centre of the table and some of the flowers which adorned the room you would not guess he was saying that many of these blooms are not natural they are artificial but mixed so skilfully with the real that even experts would be deluded by this time abi fressa was beyond the power of speech two or three times he tried to speak but could not he was really too weak never in his life before had he been so hungry so tortured it was some time however before ben maslaya noticed his plight art thou ill he exclaimed that grieves me but fortunately i have in the house an experienced apothecary who can apply leeches and relieve thee of foul blood no no pleaded the unhappy abi fressa finding his tongue at this dismal prospect perchance a glass of rare cordial will revive thee said ben maslaya taking one of the bottles from the table abi fressa managed to gasp the word yes and rush held the goblet into which ben maslaya poured a rich red fluid drink this he said kindly holding the cup to his guest's lip at last thought abi fressa as he opened his mouth the next moment he sprang from his stool with astonishing agility sputtering and cursing the liquid was bitter in the extreme and the taste it left in his mouth most horrid now i know i have been hoodwinked he screamed in rage and he dashed toward the outer door stay stay what ails thee cried ben maslaya stop stop echoed the servants as abi fressa commenced to run the cry was taken up in the street by those who saw a fat man panting along in the darkness pursued by a number of servants stop thief was the cry of one man in his excitement the town guards heard and without any ado they seized abi fressa and hauled him off to jail in vain he begged for mercy and struggled for freedom if thou wilt not behave we shall use force the guards said and they beat him with staves at jail abi fressa was flung into a cell and there on a bed of straw on the ground he spent a horrible sleepless night he ached in every bone in his body he was bruised all over and his hunger was such that he felt he had never eaten in his life his reflections were sad as you may well imagine and they led him to avow that never again would he seek the hospitality of his friends he realized at last that he had made himself obnoxious and had been cleverly and deservedly well punished yet even his sufferings were not at an end for next morning when he was released and sent for his physician the later prescribed a diet of gruel and barley water for a whole week end of chapter seven recording by tally haas